Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy Gonna kick all trouble. Well, well, well. Talking about trouble, we're on Radical Australia Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My young co host. Well, hello. Annie is here. No, well, I'm filling in for the younger. The younger one, yes, Dale. Dale, she's doing things that family's got to do. And next week, I'll be doing things that family's got to do in Queensland. And I'd like to assure listeners... So, so you're not on next week? No, no. But we are on. We're going to have a really good repeat. Okay. We're going to have a really good repeat, Annie. Well, uh, every person you have in here is a good repeat. Every person. You're going to have a, a, an embarrassment of riches. You won't know who to choose. Well, exactly. And I keep saying to people, ring up Michaela at 3CR and just tell her that you want to be on Radical Australia. Twice. I, I do no research. Oh, you made me feel special. I thought I was special, and now anyone can oh, be come here. On, come on, you're the no, guest. No, 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 no. You're the guest. <laughs> you can't talk till you're introduced. This isn't the ABC, okay? Or <laughs> 3AW. This is 3CR, right? I know you're a bit of a media guru. I'm an upstart. No, no, you're not an upstart. Come on, who, who, who have we got here? I think her name, or its name, is Lee Rowe Schneider. Is that correct? Yeah. It, its name, is Lee Trudy, Rowe. formerly known as Trudy. Formerly known as Trudy. Trudy, yeah, but I've just recently done the... The change to but my middle name, of which I much prefer. But, but Trudy, I, I am, um, you know, you and I were involved. You're befuddled. Yeah. Cause You're befuddled we, you know, now. In a 10-day vigil, we shared yeah. a piece of concrete. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, we shared the we rain did. and the storms. We did. And then you turned up at Ballarat. The good times. For Eureka. Yeah, I know. And, and you're, you're a trooper. You know, most of the wow. people that turn up are pretty wimpy. You know? I don't know. They're pretty hard, George. They are hard, but they don't do the whole scene. You did everything. You did 10 days, 10 nights at the vigil. You did the whole Ballarat thing from 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. Are you mad? Nah, it's nothing. It's nothing, mate. Sleeping outside. I mean, it yeah. was pretty painful, though, those <laughs> steps. i got to say, that was a, an exotic – well, not even exotic. That was just torture. That's right. Yeah. But it was good to be on 24-hour CCTV surveillance and have the PSAs come and – Talk to you about things oh, that you did. Talk, you, you mean harass. <laughs> That's the difference. Yeah, harass in it for capital H. Try but look, to. We're not, we're not interested in them. Now, I understand your mother's listening this afternoon. Yeah, big shout out to her. I call her Martha. Martha. Martha as in, yeah, hi, hi, mom. She's uh, a bit of a, a grey-eared nomad. So, a grey-eared Yeah, nomad. well, you know. Hasn't she got any hair? Yeah, she's got, She's. I think she used to be salt and pepper and now she might be, I'm not sure, I haven't seen her all year, so it'll be mm. good to see her. She'd be wandering. Yeah, she's, she lives in a, a Winjabago, I mean Winnebago. Winjabago. Well, you know. Oh, come on, we don't have any family issues no, on this program. No, right? no, no, but that's just a colloquial term oh, right. for... Okay. Yeah, she she's a nomad and she's been on the road. Big respect to my mother who's mm. been on the road 
much longer than I was. I lasted three and a half years and mm. my mum, she started a couple of months after me and she's still going. So lives mm. on the road, travelling all the time, um, which is sometimes a dream. For me, it started off as a dream and then it's, it turned into a nightmare. Right. So it turned, it has its good moments and bad moments, but anyone that's lived on the road knows what I'm talking well, about. Well, Lee, let's go back to the beginning. The beginning what? What year were <laughs> you born? The beginning of time? No, the beginning of your time. What year were you born? Uh, I was born in 1975. So you're a relatively youngster compared to us. Well, well compared to me, not yeah, me. Hanging out with you guys, I feel really young. But, <laughs> ooh, but, ooh, <laughs> but hanging ooh. out with my son's crowd and all yeah. the all the kids, yeah. I, you know, they, they call me auntie. Auntie. And they're like, you know, she's right. old. Or old mate. Right. I'll cop f- that one. What's the first thing you remember about being on planet Earth? Well, some of my memories are false from my childhood, so well, well, they can't matter. be relied on, upon. Well, it doesn't matter. Just tell us one. Well, from when I don't know, I I grew up in the country. I I don't really, I haven't got a great memory, so it's well, sort of hard yeah. to say. So, what, what was the first thing? What were you ten when you got a memory from your ten, or five, or three, or two? Come my, on. Well, I don't know. I I remember. Well, if you don't know, who knows? I remember my dad. Um, mm. Like my stepfather. I don't remember my biological father um, because I was two when he passed away. So, the um, so, but I remember actually, I remember my mum and Peter, my mum and dad, Mm. getting married, um, having a ceremony. Mm. I was probably about eight. Seven or eight, where, yeah. Where was that? In Shepparton. In Shepparton. Yeah. Right. So I remember the confetti and we got a box of confetti right. and we were allowed to throw the confetti and I remember sort of hiding behind the house and waiting for them to come up the driveway <laughs> with my sister yeah. and then throwing confetti on them and because they didn't have a big wedding. They no. just had like a, no. a civil ceremony mm. and mm. the signing and, and then, um, yeah, that was a... A pleasant memory. I also remember on that day, um, my father Peter, uh, him. We sat down in some strange legalistic office, mm. and they asked my sister and I if we wanted to take change our names. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, I was really weird. And um, but anyway, he said, "Do you want to? Do you just want to be Trudy Rowe Schneider or Trudy Rowe or Trudy Schneider?" and even from a young age, I felt I really wanted to recognise my, my father mm. um, who passed away from a heart attack when he was 27. 27. Yeah, very young. As what, a, was, what was your father's name? Paul. Paul, Paul. Bevan Rowe. Right. And did, uh, did, has anybody told you much about him? Not really. Um, my mum's told me some beautiful stories when we were on the road travelling around. Um, she told me some really good stuff about when – because they were childhood sweethearts and – it was, you know, pretty sad. Um, any passing is sad, but, you know, she had two young children. I was two. My sister was three and a half. Um, you know, it wouldn't have been uh, – it would have been – I've had it happen to myself. So mm. I I know the debilitation and the how completely soul-destroying it is when someone you love and kind of take for granted in a mm. way, you just expect them to be there – and then they're gone. Um, that's right. With no, no reason. They just suddenly. Just suddenly, that's the that's, key. Yeah, suddenly, I think yeah. when not to take anything away from anyone mm. else's um, Sorry, yeah. form of passing, or mm. but those ones that happen suddenly, you, there's no preparation, and no. yeah. So um, big ups to my mom, you know, and 
I had a similar thing happen to me when I was uh, early 20s. My partner, my son's father, passed away very mm. suddenly from mm. suicide, the, which is uh, something that I feel that we should all talk about mm. more often and uh, drop the suicide and, and bomb. How, how old were you? I was 23. 23. Right. Yeah, and I remember everything that I thought I knew. Because when you're 23, you think you know everything. You've got it all going on. And um, figured everything out. Just ask my son. He'll tell you. Oh, he's got it all figured hey, out. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but right. no, I'm joking. No, no, no. He's, I'm sure he's got it all figured out. Like yeah. But I've when you, you just have out. that innocence mm. and then mm. uh, it was like, a you know, you've built this city of um, – life and yeah Mm. and then it just crumbled and I just realized I knew nothing and that was really um Mm. horrible and yeah it was a horrible time and um but in a way I kind of like I'm grateful for those experiences like because it's helped me to be empathetic towards other people and given me a scope and depth of emotion that um, have helped me to, I believe, be a better person and Mm. try and create a positive change and be empathetic towards our fellow human beings. So. Let's go back a few years. Let's go back to Shepparton. Did you <laughs> oh, do we have to? <laughs> well, did you go to I only prim- go back for funerals. All right, but did you go to primary school there? I did. did. What was that like? Uh, it was good. We had a really big tree. Yeah. I went to St. George's Road Primary School. St. George's? Yeah, St. George's Road. And we oh. lived just up the road. So it was a public school? Yeah, of yep. course, yeah. Of course. Well, yeah. yeah. You never know. Maybe no. I didn't have Step that. Stepfather and mum were religious or something? No. No, no, no. God, no. No, no God, no God. <laughs> God, no, no God. Oh, we've got a comedian in the studio. <laughs> Next you'll be singing songs. Well, that's, that's, we're, work, we're leading up to that one. All right. Okay. No, I enjoyed, um, I've always enjoyed school up until. Oh, I, let's go back to primary school. What's about this big tree? Well, it was lovely, you know, country town, nice air, the river. I used to swim on the, you know. By the river and, um, yeah, I remember a massive tree. All the kids used to climb all over. It was so big and it had so many arms. That's disgusting. We Modern parents wouldn't allow their kids to climb trees and swim I in the know. river. What type of parents did you have? Well, it wasn't even about my parents, but it was about <laughs> the time, you know, sort of in the 80s. Yeah. And um, where, you know, people weren't... All those confessed... uh, Well, they weren't cotton-wooling their kids or helicopter parenting. You know, Mm. that sort of stuff wasn't so much around. And you just let your kids go. Like, Mm. I grew up sort of, you know, we we could get on our bikes and ride down the end of the street and go to the river and go bush bashing. And I had a freedom and... And that that was really good. And nowadays, you know, they chop down all those big trees because they don't want I don't want kids hurting themselves in the playground. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a different time. I mean, Annie, now. I'll bring Annie here. I assume when uh, you and I were younger, basically what happened is your parents would say, "Benign neglect." It's called. What's it called? Benign, benign neglect. neglect. <laughs> no, it wasn't benign neglect. They said they trust you. They said piss off and come back at tea time <laughs> no. on the weekend. That's about it. I can't even remember there being anything other than going off and doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mum would say, oh, yeah, make sure you're home before dark. And you'd be about seven or eight, you know, mm. you'd be wandering the streets. And I was very lucky because, you know, you'd meet all these When strange, we were six, we yeah. went up, uh, we used to walk up and get the bread for for lunches for yeah. 
I mean, it wasn't that far, but yeah. I, I can't imagine them doing it today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Used to go down the shops, buy parents' pack of uh, cigarettes, uh, you know. <laughs> that was allowed back in those. Uh, not that I did that for my parents. I mean, one of my most prized possessions is this grossly damaged harmonica, which this old bloke, I think he was a, had post-traumatic stress disorder. He lived on the bank of a river, you mm-hmm. know, from the Second World War. And I used to go down there about six or seven and he'd play the harmonica and, you know, it was all very Yeah, innocent, people always had know? pals. yeah. Yeah. But the the other thing about it is, I don't know if it, it kids have um, a nose for wrongins, you know what I mean. I know that not always the case, but mm. you know the, you would walk away a long way around either yappy dogs or strange people that you yeah had suspicious. funny feelings about. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's your life. Sorry about that. That's how old folk like to remember. Enough this. about me. Let's talk about me. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, so is there anything in particular, a particular experience you remember that stands out at Shepparton Primary School at uh, St George's Road? Um, I remember the rivalry between our local other primary school, which Ooh, was um, Sporting Street. rivalries? Yeah, yeah they, we used to say boo for boosher. <laughs> boo for boosher. <laughs> but um, no, I don't so – I mean, it was just a very nondescript, pleasant mm. – um, Did you have any good teachers? I don't really remember. Like <laughs> you don't remember the teachers. You no, don't remember, I remember your crappy teachers. I remember my son's teachers. Yeah. Like going through primary school with him. I remember mm. some of the good teachers there, but nah. Yeah, my primary. I mean, Shep. Meh, once did, I left, I just never looked back. Like literally. So did you go to high school in Shepparton? I did. Which one? Well, by that time we'd moved to um, Marupna. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So. As a teenager, that was uh, exciting. Well, not really. I think what's the op- what's the opposite to exciting? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was being facetious. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, oh. but it was nice. We owned the local milk bar, and oh, you owned oh, the local. Interesting. Well, yeah. I, my parents did, yeah, and mm. my mum's a really great cook, so they transformed it into like a dingy milk bar into like a gourmet, you know, beautiful. Um, and my parents worked so hard; they worked, you know. 14 hours a day, day seven just, days a week. Yeah, yeah, for years. Yeah. And so it was kind of cool for me because I, I just got to do whatever I wanted and they were too busy to working, you know. How about your sister? What happened to her? Well, Kelly, Kelly's a, a lovely um, person and we were quite close growing up and then even sort of into our adulthood. Um, she, she's the opposite to me in so many ways. Yeah, but I mean, she was... Part of it. Yeah, like, well, we were always watch. getting so, Were into... you kind of uh, hanging out together or were you just arguing all the time? Well, not really. Not <laughs> by the time we got to the milk bar. I kind uh-huh. of was a bit of – I'd established being a rebel. A uh, rebel? Well, I've always been a rebel. Well, hang yeah, on, hang I'm on. Let's go back. What makes sheep. you think you're a black sheep at primary school? I don't think it. I know it. What happened? Come well, on, it wasn't on. primary school. It was more high school. What happened? Well, in high school, I just had like blue hair and blue hair. Yeah, ripped jeans, and I never had much respect for authority or. You're kidding. No, I just I hated it. I I bucked against it. Why? I didn't, Why? It just it didn't turn me on. I just was. I just knew inherently knew, and I saw a lot of um, things going on in my family, like at Christmas time. And, you know, all the men would sit around drinking beer and, Mm. um, the women would be cooking and, Mm. and then they'd be misogynistic towards the women and my mother and sort of the way they treated my father as well. Cause he was, you know, adopted us. And 
I don't know, they just had a bit of a boy club thing going on and I, I never was comfortable with that. It always made me pissed mm. off. Mm. So from a from a young age, from an early teens, I was, yeah, I always had a bit of a big mouth. And Did you have a bike? Yeah. I, yeah, I remember once I was riding down the bush and got, got um, all the mud caught in the spokes yeah. and I don't know what I was thinking, but I just put my hand while oh. I was to get the mud out and I like, oh. I didn't break anything, but I like, <laughs> like, well, how dumb. How dumb am I to do that? But and you're like you're like Laurel and Hardy. I you, yeah. you, you said it's up. I I saw it before you did it. I know. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. Ooh. But you know, That's all right. It it's like me being on the uh, high diving board and uh, <laughs> doing a belly whacker. Oh, Ooh. they hurt. Uh, and it was so scary doing it at all. Well, once we were, we used to do a lot of trips, you know, on the river, on the Golden River and stuff like that. And I remember once diving in the middle of the river and I dove head straight Ooh. into a, a sandbank in the Ooh. middle of the river. And I lucky. like got whiplash, Jeez. but I, I'm i so lucky. You, you, you were very that, lucky. I know. Do you remember what year that was? No, I don't remember. Was it in the 90s? Probably, well, hang on. the 80s? No, it was the 80s. You could have been what? You could have come into the Austin Hospital Spinal Injuries Unit, Uh, and I could have admitted you as a quadriplegic. Oh, God, thank God I didn't. Yeah. And got, and actually drilled holes in your head and put head tongs on to stretch out your neck. You could have been one of my patients. In a way, in a way, I'm in that context. And he's a bit disgusted by that. In that context, I'm glad. It's It's horrendous. You know, it's a sort of thing in the country, you know. It's just one of those things. I wouldn't, I would just, Uh. on the weekend, I worked, um, I went away Mm. on a camp and worked with um, some special needs young adults and Mm. um, people in, um, Mm. you know, uh, wheelchairs and with um, severe Mm. autism and things like that. And yeah, I mean, it's very. Um, they're beautiful people. They're just, I just think they're just like us. They're just like well, like anyone else. They're just special like everyone's well, special. I don't, think you, I, don't, I don't think you really know how um, lucky you were. Maybe one yeah. centimetre further and you yep. would have broken your neck and become a yeah. quadriplegic, which horrifying. would have changed Absolutely your life. It's, it's a horrific... Uh, and so simple. It's one so minute simple. okay, one minute yeah. uh, not okay. That's right. And see, the, see red gum has got a... I don't know if you know this, it tends to sit under the water. It doesn't mm. sink. Oh, yeah. And that's the problem. I'm aware, yeah. I was involved in a lot of campaigns in the 80s because we yeah. were in a lot of diving injuries. Mm. That's right. Yeah, was, and uh, in campaigns for people to actually dive in feet first. Yep. Don't even bother checking the water and diving in head first into a river because you don't know yeah. what's floating down and what you're going to hit. Submerged oh, and, and I can tell you mm, I've, I've, I've got over 100, over the years I've had over 100 Patients, quadriplegic patients, become quadriplegics from a simple diving accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mostly young. Yeah, horrifying, absolutely horrifying. Yeah, but well, it's also like in the country, always people dying, drowning in the river. Oh mm. yeah, I nearly. It's always nearly uh, drowned in the river not so you? long ago with my brother really? Sydney. Yeah, we we built Sydney. rafts and floated them down the Murray River. Uh, what did you think of Tom Sawyer or something? Well, we were we were <laughs> have given it a red hot go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the river monster like tried to eat our raft and then nearly it nearly killed killed Sydney. But like it was so close because he's not a very strong swimmer. Yeah, I'm a right. pretty strong swimmer, but. Uh. But it was scary, so I didn't have, have to give him. I've seen the man. You didn't have to give him mouth to mouth, did oh, you? Oh God! <laughs> Pass on that one. You're back. Oh. Pass. Oh. Sydney's listening. So hi, brother Sydney. How's uh, it going? Uh, and Anya. Anyway, you're okay. 
confused. Yeah, we didn't we didn't die. We were very exhausted though, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it was very lucky. Too. It was like uh, it was scary for me, and I think Siv got a bit of a scare too. Well, so I'm a bit confused. What? Said, oh, my said, brother. He only had one sister. You said. Yeah. Well, where was this Siv character coming from? He's to my it? spirit spirit brother. Ah, fine. Okay. Well, yeah. No, even no, better. No, no, no genetic. No <laughs> genetic. Uh, Relation. Even better than the real thing. Yeah, because you can choose your f- good friends well, and your spirit brothers I and think sisters. Sydney is a, my soulmate, definitely mm. the yin mm. to my yang and um, an inspiration to me and someone that I learn from and someone I get to spend a lot of when quality time When did you decide with. that he existed? I always knew. Like my whole life, it's so weird. I just knew that I would meet someone that um, that I would spend the rest of my life with and – um yeah so I even though I've kind of been alone a lot of the time um he, you're not alone yeah no I just no, knew that not. my soul mate was out there and and not in a you know like a physical way but in a, a spiritual way so we're that's why we call each other brother and sister because we're a lot of people that meet us think we're lovers or something but we're not because we're transcending time and space and we're reinventing um the way people relate to each other Mm. of the opposite sex. And we both believe that you can't have a a good relationship with the opposite sex under the patriarchy. So we're sort of reinventing the wheel in a way. Setting a new standard. Well, I'm afraid you're not. Well, you know, the, the generation. We think we are. Like, yeah, give us. Give, we'll, give, we'll give you that. We'll give you that. <laughs> Let's get back to high school. Did you graduate? Uh, no. Hang on. Of course you, not. When did you leave high school? Or of course I did. I'm a rebel, mate. Were you expelled? I wasn't expelled. Now, when did you, when did you decide you had you enough? Just left. Well, I actually left three weeks into year twelve. I was an amazing student. I was. Really? Uh, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I was. I love school. I love mm. the social aspect of it. I was really good at the work. I loved English. I loved psychology. Mm. I was never. I liked art, but I wasn't like a big. Wasn't really into being an artist mm. or anything. Mm. I think when I wanted, what did I? Yeah, I. But I left. I was just like, I was a straight A student until. I was about 17 and then I discovered pot and then everything went from like straight A student to drop out within like a couple of months. So it wasn't for you? Well, uh, nah, it was other, there was partying I wanted to do and I'm kind of glad I did it this because... Is it, this is Marupna. Yeah, yeah. Well, I went to Wanganui, which Wanganui, is, yeah, yeah, went to Wanganui, yeah. technical high school. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I used to like it. It was fun, but I just hung out with all the boys mm. and all the girls hated me. Why is that? Because I hung out with the boys. But, but, but. And they were like, they weren't like the jocks. Yeah, yeah. The, but they were just like the cool kids. Mm. I was never a cool kid, ever. Mm. And still, mm. I'm still not. Just ask my son. He's like, you're not cool, mum. But that's okay. I'll, I can live with that. You can't be a mum and be cool. It's just no. I don't think that. So Marupna, 17, high school dropout. Yeah. What happens next? Oh, I took, um, you know, I, I was so horrible to my parents. Oh, I felt so, I feel so bad about it now because um, I, I moved out of home when I was 16 and um, had like a little flat. My parents, you know, supported me in that and because they, mm. they knew I was quite... Um, Stub- stubborn yep. and and willful. So and I'm, believe it or not, they loved you. Well, 
Yeah. I mean, no, they wouldn't have forked out the money if they didn't. No, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> well, you didn't Most people have said you? just you a just piss off. He just thought the flat just was there. And no. they were working 14 hour days and paying for it. That's no, a, I, I mean, when you're. Ungrateful child. When you're a teenager, you yeah. don't no, appreciate you don't, anything no, anyone no, does no, for you. You think no. you know everything, and that I certainly was no exception. So this was in Marupna? No, well, I had a I had a, a little flat in Shep, oh, and right. um, it was just a bit of a drug den, really. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, a lot of my friends had graduated from smoking pot to like injecting amphetamines and because there's not much to do in that town like it's just if you're alternative a bit different like you tend to lean toward when you you know if you're a sporty you know you're totally supported in so many ways but when you're just a bit weird or different you I don't know and you want to question or expand your mind and challenge things I guess you sort of tend to lean Did towards you go down that way? well I I feel, you know, one of the lowlights of my of my teenage years was um, I used to live in this flat and then I'd go back to the milk bar where my parents worked and lived and um, I was used to work every weekend and um, my mum, she was a nurse her whole life um, and I was washing dishes and I'd like rolled up my sleeves and my mum was like, what's that on your arm? And I'm like, oh, mum, I've been in- intravenously injecting amphetamines. And she was just, her face fell and she just went wide. And I, but I was proud of it. Like, in, I'm not proud, but I've always just been r- brutally honest to my parents, which probably, when I look back on it, is devastating. Can be, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I, well, at least, yeah. I can't change it, but um, I mean, that was a really long time ago. Well, I can't remember what she said. She, she, well, she pro- just looked at you. Yeah, I can't imagine she was too impressed. Um, no. You know, the young, her young daughter. So how long daughter. did that phase last? Not long. Not I long. really didn't. Uh, I just, um, I didn't last. Um, I could sort of see, like how well it's bad one it of those was. kind of um, habits that you either outgrow or don't. Yeah, well, I you know coming here today on the streets, I saw I saw one of the street people that I I used to hang out with when I was working in the community kitchen and stuff, and I feel really bad because like I think they're on like synthetic marijuana or mm. some harder stuff, and they just he looks terrible. And this was just a few years ago, and the devastation that you know it's a disease. It's not that it's a it's a societal problem. It's a health issue that we need to address. It's not, uh, you know, the person is the victim here, you know, mm. that you have to look at the big picture. Why are people taking drugs? What, mm. What is the reason? And it is a health issue and we need to address oh, these capitalism. things. Capitalism is very best. People make <sighs> money out of other people's um, needs yeah. and sufferings. Think it's sad. So, when did you leave Shepparton? Oh, I left when I was 18. Mm, where'd you go? I moved to Melbourne. The big smoke? Yeah. What'd you think about that? Well, I, I'd seen Romper Stomper, so that was... <laughs> <laughs> hey, who are you that's, looking for? That's what, oh, that's what I thought I was from. Wait, this... you, you were looking for skinhead. No, but <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, skinhead punk. You know, from idea. a small country town, yeah. I was just like this innocent little country mouse and <laughs> and I saw Romper Stomper and so when I moved to Melbourne, I thought that's what's going to happen. There's like roaming gangs of skinheads and I was really scared, but... um. <laughs> I, I, 
I got here and it, wow, that wasn't hilarious. the case. Yeah. wasn't the case at all. But um, That's hilarious. It was, <laughs> I think I was, yeah, it was, you know, what these misconceptions and when the the naivety and also, you know. So did you just, just arrive in Melbourne or did you have a gig a kind of place to? No, well, my friend Akian, he had inherited a million francs. That's fair enough. And yeah, um, right. from his mother, French yes. mother. and um, What, he lived in Shepparton? No, he's from Horsham. Mm. I oh, met, even... Because, yeah, my sister, <laughs> my sister yeah, was hooking well, up. Hang on, yeah. hang on, where were you from again, Annie? Warrnambool. Yeah. Warrnambool, okay. I forgive <laughs> I, you. I remember. <laughs> Sorry, I, I interviewed know, Annie just... a few years ago. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's a, well, apart from the Mephews, this is a pretty... You know, parallel story here. On, really? Go. Yeah. Well, you, the no, next no. part. The next part is I was here not even but six that's months, and, and, I, and I got pregnant. So that's the story of my life. We can just finish there because you on, know that was, you got pregnant. You were pretty much as soon as I moved to Melbourne, I was eighteen years yeah. old, and I got pregnant. Yeah. At eighteen. Yeah. What did you think about that? I had. I. You know. I'm a. I'm a product of the patriarchy and mm. born under the. You know. And I had been reading romance novels and I just thought, you know, that's what happens. Like mm. I didn't choose. It just happened. But I just knew there was no other way. And I was really kind of had, you know, stars in my eyes and thought, oh, it's going to be so romantic with the white picket fence and, you know, wow. we're going to live together forever and raise a child and a family. And and it was actually the furthest from that. Mm. But um, it was the best thing. Ever happened to me, and I'm so grateful. My son is the big ups to Axe. He's mm. just the best person that exists on planet Earth in this mm. dimension. And, and obviously, he's the best person because of you. Well, nah, it's not really. It's no, like I just our. No, I like to. Well, you think it just happens, do you? No, we grew up you put, together. You, you put no effort into his rearing, did you? Well, of course. Oh, I, well, you go, I gave him my best years, my youth, my beauty. Yeah. <laughs> We, we don't, we, now look at me, I'm yeah. old. We don't do humble here at Radical <laughs> No, but it's true. We don't do humble. Well, Khalil Gibran said, children come through you, not from you. Mm. And I truly believe that. And we both, you know, were raised together. So mm. we did it together. Mm. And right. people give me credit for acts and they say, oh, he's such, he turned it. Because they're all surprised, you know, because I'm such a weirdo. And they're all uh, like, oh. Is sorry, such an amazing, sorry. well-adjusted human being, and good on you for doing such a wonderful job. And I was like, "Yeah, well, I'll call." What do you think? What do you uh, think I was going to do? Uh, like, just you know, because I look no, a bit it's weird. It's funny because uh, I was doing some editing for Disability Day, and uh, there was one of these. Uh, it was a interview with uh, an elder of the uh, disability. Uh, uh, activists crew and she was there having lunch with it was actually in Shepparton she was having lunch mm. with some fellow dis- disabled people and this woman was behind the counter saying you're you're such an inspiration and this person said don't give me mm. um that we were having lunch mm. like you know mm. doing normal things exactly <laughs> yeah i think well as as women too mm. and mothers um i think that it's just what we do, and well, some of, people are terrible at this. But you've done a good job. So well, you might as well take it because well, it could have been worse. It's not worse. a job; it's a lifestyle. <laughs> you know, no, no. You, su- you, you supply uh, stability and love. Yeah, well, basically, and so everyone, years. everyone should do that. Yeah, we should lot, have but a lot of people can't. 
because of circumstances. It's hard. And definitely I was presented with some very, you know, hard circumstances. But thanks to the support of my friends and family, we came through it together. And so we raised him together, you know. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. It's Mm. uh, 4.32. This is Radical Australia. See, it was so hard to talk. Yes, it's, you know, time just flies. It's 4.32. It's Radical Australia. Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Annie and Joe are here uh, interrogating this young woman. Um, now, I understand. 855 on the AM dial, and the program is podcast. And you everybody around the world is hearing you because it's streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Joy. We must have at least two people listening to the stream. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lee. My mum and my son. Exactly. That's all that matters. All right. Let's go back. Let's go and back. And my brother. Now, you claim you're a singer. I don't claim anything. Well, Everyone's you, you walked in and you said, I want to sing a song. I said, I must sing this song. You must sing this song. Yeah, I said, I don't care what else happens as, as long as this happens. Oh, well. Well, Annie, will we let her sing a song? Should yeah. I finish with the song or should I do the song now? No, do the song now. No, she's now. a producer. You, should we do the song now? Yeah, do the song now. I don't you know. He, he, it's his no, it's, it's halfway All right. through the program. All right, halfway through. We people may as well. To, people need to go away to the toilet. That's why you can because do the song. Because this song, this song I discovered through doing Serenading Adela. Um, oh. Yeah, I was a part of that, which has been uh, up until that point had been the most revolutionary activity and peaceful activity that I'd ever been a part of. Could you explain to people what that is about? Well, Adela Pankhurst was... Um, a very... Mighty, mighty suffragette. Yeah, she was the daughter of um, a suffragette too, a very famous one. But she came, she was um, outcast and from her family and shipped off to Australia. And she was anti-conscription. So she fought against that very publicly. And she also stood up for poor people and for women's rights and things like that. And as usual, anyone that does anything good... She was incarcerated and in Pentridge Prison. So, um, and when she wasn't arrested, um, I think she was on the steps, Parliament House, I don't know. But she was arrested and the people, the local people came and serenaded her. And so they sung all of these revolutionary songs. And um, so we recreated that 100 years exactly to the day um, through the um, beautiful production called Serenading Adela. And it was just so good because we rehearsed for months and months. And I love singing and I sing when I'm happy and I like to sort of – I think it's music and singing is a really good way to connect with people and – this song's just stuck in my brain because since I've been doing the good work and, you know, trying to activate people and radicalise people, um, I feel like this song is just the, you know, epiphany of... Off you go. Yeah, okay, it's called Solidarity Forever. We don't know that one, do we? It's a new <laughs> you one know, here at Free Seattle. I know. <laughs> no, I know. All your old schoolers. <laughs> um, I think it was written in 1915 by Rolf Chaplin. Okay, hang on. <clears throat> All right, All right, here we go. Live here radio. Go. She's getting ready. She's and I will picking inc- up. Picking. I will include the last two verses too that are written. That I'll surprise you with for women's rights at the mm. end, so you can look forward to those. But bear with me; it's a fairly long song, but it's important. It's just as relevant today as as it was over a hundred years ago. That's the frightening part. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It is. And the amazing thing about history is that uh, nothing's new. 
When the union's inspiration through the workers' blood shall run, there can be no power greater anywhere beneath the sun. Yet what force on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one? But the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever, for the union makes us strong. Is there aught we hold in common with the greedy parasite who would lash us into serfdom and would crush us with his might? Is there anything left for us to do but organize and fight? For the union makes us strong. It is we who ploughed the prairies, built the cities where they trade, dug the mines and built the workshops, endless miles of railroad laid. Now we stand our cast and starving midst the wonders we have made, but the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever, solidarity forever. Solidarity forever, for the union makes us strong. All the world that's owned by idle drones is ours and ours alone. We have laid the wild foundations, built it skyward stone by stone. It is ours and not to slave in, but to master and to own, while the union makes us strong. They have taken untold millions that they never toil to earn, but without our brain and muscle, not a single will can turn. We can break their haughty power, gain our freedom when we learn that the union makes us strong. Join in. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. The union makes us strong. In our hands is placed a power greater than their hoarded gold, greater than the might of armies magnified a thousandfold. We can bring to birth a new world from the ashes of the old. For the union makes us strong. Where the women of the union in the forefront of the fight, we will fight for women's issues. We will fight for women's rights. A woman's work is never done from morning until night. Women make the union strong. Where the ones that do the dishes scrub the floors and clean the dirt, feed the kids and send them off to school, and then we go to work. Where we work for half men's wages for a boss who likes to flirt, but the union makes us strong. Last one. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever, for the union makes us strong. We do have musicians who come in, who <laughs> sing and play, but most of them are pretty lame compared to that. <laughs> You're good at uh, <laughs> you keep pace and time without well, any I, compliments. I think now, that's now, Annie a compliment. Annie there had a tear in her eye because you know what Annie, what show Annie does here at 3CA? Tell Sol- the young youngster. Solidarity she- breakfast. Really? <laughs> Yay! That one's for you. Yeah, that's yeah. for us. We'll, I'll, I'll nick it. 
Yeah, well, I I can't take any credit. I just sing. I just sing it. And people, you know, get sick of me singing it, but I sing it. It's all about solidarity, you know. I I bang on and bang on about it, but... You know, it really is. That yeah. We need to unite, you know, together. We can unite, create a better world. Well, I hate to say this. You know the old fascists, fascia, mm. comes from the Latin, mm-hmm. which means together. Oh, really? Mm. And if you look at the old Roman symbols, you've got the fascia. That's where Mussolini stole it from because he never had an original idea, that bloke. He was a journalist. He was a journalist. That's exactly why. That's why he didn't have an original idea. He was also an anarchist at one stage, believe it or not. And a horrifying And a socialist. (laughs) And then he melded it all together and became a dictator. Funny that. Yeah. All right. So pregnant, 18, Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, What did your partner think? Well, he was all for it, actually. Mm. He was excited. Was he much older than you? No, we're the same age. Right. Yeah, we're both as... Starstruck as each other, mm. but um, I mean, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, he was unfortunately addicted to heroin at the time, and because he had a lot of back pain, he was a very famous drummer mm-hmm. and an incredible. Was in a band what that played in Melbourne. His name's uh, Jason Wern, right. and um, he, him, and his friends from their country town in Horsham, they formed a band called Oom. And they were really awesome and they played all over Melbourne and they're actually like incredibly wonderful, talented musicians and, yeah, so they would go off to gigs and stuff and I'd stay home and mm. be pregnant and look after Axe when he was born. And, yeah, it was a, it was a, a challenging time. Not, not many people my age were – like when I was pregnant, I remember travelling on public transport and people looking at me. Oh, that's right, yeah. Young, yeah, young mothers me, weren't the go in those days. Well, not really. I think it's a little bit more acceptable now. I hope mm. so. But um, Oh, no. I can remember when I was having my baby, I was sitting in the um, – I was at a hospital waiting room and there were these two young girls. So it was like one was 15 or 16, you know. They were young, you know, mm. like young. Mm. And uh, – quite sensible people but very young and mm. I remember having conversation with them and they were being treated really badly yeah really poorly mm. because they were young so that's right it, it, that was really rude it, it wasn't it wasn't until uh, the Whitlam Labor government that actually women single women who had children actually had any social security support well this was much later than that yeah but I'm just saying it, at, it was just frowned on yeah frowned on well I think I'm glad I had a child young and because and in in certain societies, you know, know, as white people, we like to think that we have, you know, the only society existing on the earth and that we do things. We're busily getting rid of everybody else. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think they have a lot, you know, the way they look after the indigenous society where, you know, the way they look after um, the children uh, with the elders and the children together and as a community and... Unfortunately, we don't have that, but um, I was lucky enough to have really good friends and family. My parents were always very supportive. My mum, she cried when I told her and she said, I just want to be a grandma. And your your yeah. mum sounds really like a nice person. She is. She's I mean, lovely. She's a realist. She's a realist. Yeah. realist. Yeah. How long did she work for? She worked her whole life. Oh. I remember as a child um, her going off to night shift at the... Golden Valley Base Hospital, right. and she brought home some weird book about blood. Mm. It was like a kid's book about blood and donating <laughs> blood. I remember that. She's but, yeah, she, she retired, um, I don't know what, maybe, I can't remember now, mm. but probably about five, six, 
I don't know, so a few years ago that's now. That's gave her a new lease of life. Yeah, now yeah. she's travelling. It's wonderful. Now she's doing the washing at my son's house. Well, she's got a mountain me. of washing to do. So she's doing the – how old is your son? Well, it's not and my – my son on. does his own washing actually for right. – just for the record. All but, right. um okay. He lives All with right. my nephews as well yeah. who – Don't do their washing. Well, they're busy. They've got to work, you know. Uh-huh. They've got to work for a living. Oh, they okay. all work like We're dogs. This. So anyway, let's move back. Let's move back. Thank you. Where, yeah, where, well, where we are we going back? You've got 15 minutes to go, so uh-huh. get back on track. Okay, all right, all right. There's a track. So, so yeah, yeah. Go stage, winding back. Now, I, I don't want to be rude, but at any stage, did you go back to education? Oh, I went back last year. To last uni. year? Yeah, after 20 years. What made you go back? Well, I'd been doing... Um, volunteer activism um ever since my son turned 18 because when he turned 18 well five years ago and so what type of volunteer work were you doing before you went back to uni i went to india and did uh humanitarian work over there what does that mean i went with a group called humanitarian clowns abroad and excuse me did you use the c word i dropped the c-bomb Clown. Oh, we got through 44 minutes without me saying the word clown. That's, yeah, hang on, hang on. It's hang a new on. record. You're not a clown, are you? Uh, undercover. You're an undercover clown. Undercover. She hasn't got a red nose. What, what I'm, a human, I'm a human being, well, but I'm a magical. Hair, kind of faded. I'm a magical human being. Well, it's green now, I think. Hang on, hang on. How long have you been a bloody clown for? Well, I'm retired because I don't work now um, officially, but I am actually doing, I've done, I just did the Ballarat show. It was like a, bought the clown, zombie clown back from the dead. <laughs> Um, did the three-day Smellerat show just recently and I'm doing – out of that show I got another gig because I was yeah. a very successful entrepreneur and very successful clown. clown. Yeah. How many years were you clowning around for? Over 10 years, about 10 12 years. years. What was your specialty? I did – actually had one of the best children's magic shows in the world. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, and I can say that humbly yeah, because – Yeah, no, it's true because <laughs> I, I did my research. I went to America on a business trip. And, hang on, hang on. You went to America? Yeah, yeah. I went what, and – What did you go there for? Well, I went – it was a business trip yeah. and I went to – Tax deduction, obviously. No, well <laughs> – well, my friend, my my mental, my yeah, um, magical yeah. mental, um, yeah. Alan Sullivan, uh, Mr. Sullivan. Mr. Um, Sullivan. Yeah, that's what I called him the whole time, yeah. over a decade. Well, I need a bit of respect. Come Mr. On, Sullivan, on. he he encouraged me to go internationally and so there were two magic conventions, the biggest in the world, happening in America and so... Which part of America? Well, I flew into New York mm-hmm. um, and spent a week there, just did Broadway, and then we went to um, Tennessee, mm-hmm. went to Pigeon Forge in Tennessee. and Excuse went to where? Pigeon Forge. Dolly Parton was born there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and um, I got kicked out of Dollywood, by the way, which is awesome. for, for being inappropriately dressed, what, really? what which did, is not what, true. What, I had, what, didn't you have a anyway. on or something? <laughs> no, you could see through my – because the sun, you could see. Uh-huh. Anyway, whatever. They're very conservative. Everywhere you went – in the south of America, you'd see a magic show, you'd see this, and yeah. they would give you a sermon, you know. Sermon. It's the Bible it's the Belt. Yeah, yeah, they give you – it's the Bible Belt. So but everyone, it's also the place of – their history is pretty poor. Well, yeah, it is actually. And I met a beautiful it's Haitian weird, guy there. T- t- yeah, it's yeah. contradictory, it's yeah. Contradictory. But I went anyway, to – yeah, Kadabra, and then I went to Magic Live in Las Vegas. What's it like being at a convention, a magic Full convention? of men. Full of mm. men, yeah. yeah. And being a, a children's entertainer. Mm. Um, I mean, I didn't care. Like, no, no, but what was it like? Well, it was fun. Like, yeah. I will, I'm not really – 
it's amazing that I actually became as successful as what I was because I'm not into schmoozing. Mm. I don't suck up to anyone and I'm I'm pretty straight up. So and people in the entertainment industry tend to have to, you know, yeah, you got to have yeah. a spine. Well, yeah, but you got it's a men it's a men's world, you know, a man's world out there. So it was but I just didn't compromise and so I was they actually must have wanted your show. Well, no, I just went there to watch and learn and then to see where I was on par on a global scale because I was just an upstart. I used to clean toilets for a living and um, never had any training or education, you know, in the entertainment industry. I just really – I moved to Sydney. I miss kids. I'm like, what job can I do? So I started clowning and never looked back. And Mm. it took me, you know, to India and then to America. How long ago were you in India? 2012. So what was this thing again? Humanitarian clowning? Clowns abroad. Yeah, it was their first trip. Well, we went to over 47 different organisations. What's it about? What did you do? It's giving love and laughter to people. Is this Um, the Patch Adams thing? It's sort of, yeah. He came, yeah. He's in... He's does similar work, yeah. He's a legend. It's just clowning, and we went to leper colonies. Um, what did people think? You know, you they loved it. us. Yeah, they, they loved, loved us. You. Yeah, they loved us because India they they dress like clowns anyway. They're so right. bright, you know. I felt at home there more than I'd ever felt here mm. in Australia. Mm. So I loved India. I was there for just over a month, and it was one of the best times of my life. I missed my son's 18th birthday, but he was so understanding because I said, Axe, I've got good news and bad news, and he's like, what? I'm like, the good news is I'm I'm going to India to fulfill my dream. Yay! And he's like, what's the bad news? I'm like, I'm going to miss your 18th birthday. But he was like, Mom, I know, just yeah. go. Look, I'll 18. have other birthdays. He's yeah. like, it's okay, I believe no, in you. No, 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 you got it he's wrong. He's the best supporter. He, no, you got it wrong. What? He would have said, great, I'm 18 and my mother's not around. Come on, that is the dream of every 18-year-old for the Well, we're not like any. We're <laughs> well, very... that's what you think. No, we're not like that. We're very yeah, close. We still yeah. are to this day and it's never. we've never had that kind of right. weird because okay. it's just been the two of us. We just have a, a really mm. close um, relationship and, and have my son is my favourite human being in the world and I'm so proud of him. He's a musician. In the entertainment industry, is struggling does he, does to get he, work. Does he, does he sing or play or what? He plays guitar really mm. well, and he mm. loves music, and mm. he's into he's into heaps of stuff, and mm. he's into you know writing raps and rhymes. And oh, my my, I've just got to say a big shout out to my nephews and the kids, and they all know who they are. So my nephews, um, they all live together in a share house in Yarraville, and mm. they're a family. They're family, and they live together. They love each other. And um, so there's Sam and Kane, who are the twins, and they're 22 now. And Axis, my son, who's 20, he just turned 24. Oh God, now I've forgotten how old he is. <laughs> he's 24. And um, and then there's their girlfriends, Shannon and Jada. And then my other nephew, Lockie, who lives in Horsham with his partner. And my mum, who's there at the moment, Peter in Cairns, my sister Callie. And then the bird, who is my the bird. The bird. You've met the bird. She came. Oh, yeah, I met yeah. the bird. Yeah, you met I met the bird. The bird. Yeah, yeah she, she's, she's a bit tired and emotional when I saw her. Well, it was. Nah, we don't want to know. We don't want to. We don't want to go there. Nah, nah. But um, um, the bird is my best friend. I met her when I was pregnant mm. with my son, and we mm. raised our kids together. Right. And she's the. My sister. She's my soul sister. I must say, I feel like we're back at Shep. This is the sort of thing that would happen in Warrnambool or in Shepparton. 
Well, I don't know because she's a city. Shout out. She's a city yeah. slicker. Well, it's not well, shout out because nah, you know what? Nah. You're interviewing me, but I am not just sitting here by myself. Nah. I am held up and supported right. with the love and support of my family, and I wouldn't have never been able to do nah. any of the things nah, that I'd that. done without yeah. my family and support. Yeah. So I, I have to acknowledge them mm-hmm. and. You know, and also the Mother Earth, you know, that supports us and the universe and the stars. Like, these things need to be talked about. And, you know, our ancestors, the indigenous people, the blood in the soil, you know, these are things we need to acknowledge in order to have these conversations and move on and, you know, create a better world. You you said to me uh, when I interviewed you on the steps uh, in yeah. the visual, you said something that I thought was really interesting and important, and uh, you know, amongst all other things, one of them was that uh, you'd made a decision at a certain point that you were going to be an activist. Yeah, well, when I saw when I was traveling, I was clowning, living on the road for three and a half years in a with a teardrop trailer and living in showgrounds and touring and doing like one horse towns and. I saw firsthand the devastation of mining and um, from coal seam gas and fracking and I talked to farmers and I and I, I just felt sick, you know, because I thought, how can you be aware of these things and not do something about it? So that um, really, like, I'd always been slightly aware. I'd been aware from a yeah, young age. Nothing like seeing it. No. And, and also going to India, you know, in 2012. And But then when I came back, I was just like, I, I just saw Australia with new eyes. And and then traveling, because I never got the chance to travel, because I had to stay, you know, put for to raise a child and stuff. So... I said to Axe, when I when you turn eighteen, I'm moving out. <laughs> so it's the I, other way around. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I moved out and I went and travelled and and then I saw I became involved in, you know, just if when I came back after I turned forty, I um, gave up clowning and went. That's it. I, I just want to live my life without money, without mm. success. I I just want to spend the rest of my life devoting my life to creating a positive change in the world in a peaceful way mm. and trying to spread the message of love and support and care for our fellow human being. That to me, if if that's, you know, if someone remembers me as a loving, kind person, then that would be the happiest thing. You know, all this sort of like the clown is a bit ego. Mm. It's still good. I love the clown because it, it transcends time and space and makes people happy and I still use those skills but nowadays I'm sort of relying I'm learning other skills like how to work in groups and how to um, be more peaceful how to sort of um, come across in Mm. not so confrontational way which I I still need to work on but Mm. um, luckily Mm. I've got a few good mentals we had to to, uh, knock out a few of uh barbs out of you when you first came on the vigil didn't take long yeah i hate authority i just <laughs> yes, like right. i just want to tear their head off yeah yeah and i, I really there's, there's ways and ways but so what have you been doing the last few weeks just to feel well i've in. been hanging out with you dr joe so why yeah, are you yeah, asking come on, me come on no but nobody knows well actually i'll doing? just say the last last few months because yeah. um it's really important i was um over winter, I spent six weeks um, protecting the sacred trees and the sacred country, the Japarong country out there um, near Stall. Um, everyone should go down there and go and support all the camps. There's three camps there. So that was my first experience of anarchist organising. 
And um, it was absolutely brilliant. And I you know, and some people would say that was an oxymoron. Anarchist organising. No, Annie, you're on the wrong program. Stick to Saturday breakfast. <laughs> Keep going. Well, it, it's... I, I'm Anna's, only joking. Yeah, no. Joking. Well, I'd, I've sort of that, been... That is a joke. I know. Oh, good. I, I wasn't quite sure. No, no, no. no we don't know each other very no, well. What else? You, like, you, got, you got three minutes? Come on. Three minutes? What well, else? Well, all I want to say really is that, you know, in order to create a positive change in the world, we need to look... We need to start with awareness. We need to be aware of ourselves. First of all, and then we need to spread our awareness to our fellow human beings, like people that we're looking at right now or sharing space with right now. So important. Um, And then spread it out even further to the environment and people that we can't see. So we need to have a more global perspective about what's going on. And we're not free until everybody's free. You know, that's so important. And so... You know, we need to make awareness and, like, what kind of a... There's no life on a dead planet. Like You keep saying peaceful. Well, peace is the only way and it's, you know, when people come at it with violence and it's, it's just... I don't believe that's that's mm. going to so be means, the way. It means and ends. Well, right. uh, yeah. peace, love and mung beans, mate. That's mm. that's what I'm all about. Mung so, beans? Mung beans, why not? It's oh just a take. It's just a... No, no just I've a, had mung beans in the 70s. It's it's I'm not going state. back to mung beans. Yeah, well, peace, I'm love, happy, peace happy, love and housing. Yeah, that's all right. Peace, love and housing. So, See, the same it? sort of joke. <laughs> it can go over people's head. <laughs> yeah. Um, they get final literal. comment. Final comment. Come well, on. Well, let's try living in love. Let's try growing more love in your garden or in your heart. Let's try being in love and not the romantic kind, mm. just being in love. But let's try loving thyself because if we let love in, then, you know, love, love. if you have peace and love in your heart, then love will give you wings and love will set you free. And I, I always bang on about, crap on about love. and mm. But I really truly believe it. But So speaking of, if there's anyone out there, I'm single, so. There's <laughs> <laughs> you won't, you won't believe, you won't believe this. Single and ready seconds. to mingle. There is a couple that's come together as a result of this program. <laughs> this uh, in the West Papuan community. <laughs> really, uh, I was interviewing How a West romantic. Papuan gentleman who will remain nameless, mm-hmm. and he had shown some interest in this other woman. And she listened to the program. At the end of the program, she thought to herself, "That's the man I want to be with," and they're together. Wow. So who knows, Trudy? There's hope Lee? yet. There's hope for me. Yeah. Hopefully. All right. Hopefully. All right. I'm <laughs> sure you'll find somebody. Okay. Thank you very much, Annie. Thank you, Lee Rowe Schneider. Thank you. All the best for the future. With people like you, Annie and I can go to our graves happy. All the best. <laughs> Thank you. Peace. When you heard 
call, he left me on my arm. I could see no reason to find my way back home. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.